Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... I, um, you know, I, I think last week I was still in shock, but this week I'm just, I'm really pissed off now about the whole, uh, Supreme court situation. Okay. Yeah. You let's know? talk about that. Cause we, we didn't talk about it last week very much. I, I don't think, you know, and, um, you know, I, I get what they're trying to do with, with Roe versus Wade to some degree. What, what um, are they trying to do? Because I don't really know, bro. bro. I mean, obviously, Roe dude, some people Wade. are trying to completely ban abortion. Like completely ban it. Like even if you got raped, if a if a girl got raped, then you know, uh, <laughs> child's not hers or whatever. Or if there's some kind of of health endangerment, some of them are so strict and ridiculous that you know the safer thing, like if a woman has a miscarriage or something like that, um, you know, it could become toxic and kill the the lady. You know, but you know, some of them are saying no that she still needs to have the fucking baby. So. Um, with, and not do what's called a DNC, you know, which means um, go in and take it out, basically, which is seen as an abortion. But if the baby's already dead, it's a bit different, you know. Um, but I just, yeah, I think last week I was just still in shock and thinking, no, is this really? I mean, something it can't really. That's not. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. Too, and here's, I mean. dude, here's one of the things that pisses me pisses me off the worst. Like, I understand that there's going to be people that lie and, and cheat and steal, you know? I mean, th- that's, but justices? If you, did you see their um, confirmation hearings where it shows them addressing <laughs> this issue? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? I mean, you know, you know, they're, they're a bunch of pieces of shit in my, I just have to say it. They're, they're a bunch of fucking pieces of shit for, for that. And as far as for Supreme Court justices, I have more respect for some fucking people that live on the streets and, you know, because they're having to survive and everything than I do these fucks. Well, let, let me let me look. Okay, so, so let's go back because I'm not like when I hear this stuff in my mind as a just a normal person, I think, first of all, like there's no way that's going to fucking It doesn't happen. have a daughter that might actually, you know, have to deal with this issue someday. Yeah. Well, men definitely deal with deal with abortion, too, just in a different way, too. I know a lot of friends or people that I know that both male and female that had had to deal with this. And this is a very tragic issue, too. You, you know what I mean? So I definitely um, I mean, like as far as physical health wise, definitely, definitely not mental. But, and that's a whole completely different thing. Yeah. But we're talking but, about I'm talking about physically, physically yeah. health wise. You don't you don't get in there and and. and 
especially if you're a man, you know, I mean, you're trying, you're telling a woman what to do with her body. I mean, why don't you well, try it sometime? <laughs> well, for, well, hold on, hold on. I think you're missing my point, man. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that, first of all, as a just a normal person, I'm just like, well, we've had abortion since like the 1960s. Like, you know, there's no way they can like take that away from people. Well, there, there'll be ways, I'm sure that, you know, like I said, there's, certain there's, states won't exactly, completely ban it. Right. You know, you'll be able to go to other states and stuff like that. But um, yeah, though, that's it's going to cause a lot of death and, and um, a lot of problems that really, you know, as far as I'm concerned, just isn't the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm still trying to recap this right now. So what my understanding is that there's like five judges or something like that that drafted together this um, kind of like proposal agreement or something like that. Is that is that what's going on? Yeah. And then basically, basically yeah. they want to overturn Roe v. Wade, basically. From my understanding of uh, Roe v. Wade, it was like a case in the 1960s, basically, that guaranteed women uh, rights to uh, abortion, basically, because, you know, it was a case that went all the way to the Supreme Very Court. basically. Yes. Yeah. And then so, <clears throat> I mean, what on what basis do they have to like overturn it i guess is my question you, you know what i mean like just why now have, yeah why they have they have a majority and th like like that's what they want to do or you, yeah. you don't know okay okay yeah basically that's it okay they, they know that they have the majority now and they can do whatever the fuck they want mm -hmm. and um you know this has always been one of those things that they've wanted to do and um you know it's if the the country's not di divided enough as it is it's just you know like really yeah no i mean you feel like if things were getting too peaceful these days and you just need to throw another another cauldron in the fire you know and 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 get another uh rise out of people well for me i kind of just feel it's like didn't we like deal with this already <laughs> like you know what i mean it's like dude that's so my, many that's people my dealt with this right yeah. it's just like we've already yeah, it's like, like going back in time this. yeah way back in time yeah yeah exactly you especially if I mean? you look at it in a, in a matter of um health and and you know taking care of your body and and doing you know the healthy thing and everything then you're heard, going way the fuck back i heard one of the liberal justices say something like um yeah like i don't want to agree with the democrats uh agreement of like whatever they're voting on that doesn't mean anything that's just kind of like their marker of hey like i don't support this uh uh, Roe v. Wade turning like they were saying like oh Roe v. Wade went too far or something like that I'm just wondering like what is what do they mean by that like a lot of times when I hear that it's like what specifically do they mean by it went too far when it's been okay for like 80 years well, you know it, there's there's um you know when it comes down to how long how weeks how many weeks of I life see. you know and that's something I, I really don't know myself you know? yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know either. Uh, like, uh, you know, we're two men here talking about it, but I feel yeah, I don't feel like, like I have the right to make that decision. You know, it's yeah, not me yeah, who's yeah, ever exactly. had to, to pull a baby out of myself, you know, yeah. I mean, and thank I God know. never will. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally, I have known some like really, really, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just like people, eh, you know, what? I'm not even gonna bring that up, man, because like I said, I just, we're two guys talking about it. And, um, you know, like I said, in, in a, a subject we really have no right to yeah, have exactly. a whole lot of uh, say about anyway. But yeah. I just, you know, when I see that shit, it just amazes me. And, um, be, you know, it's it's a it's a woman's um, subject matter. But the fact that these 
you know, Supreme Court justices are doing this is after in their, con, you know, uh, confirmation hearings, they quite said the opposite. All, um, <laughs> you all know. I know is that was, I'm pretty sure that Brett Kavanaugh, the only justice I can name off the top of my head, the guy who likes beer is one yeah. of the guys supporting. <laughs> I like beer. <laughs> I, I like beer I like a lot. I like drinking beer. Yeah, we boofed, know, I mean, we ralphed. I mean, you know, he was accused of uh, like raping a girl. Now he's voting <laughs> on <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and they never did uh, finish the uh, FBI investigation of that whole thing. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, man, let's let's move Go on, America. man, because I don't I don't want to talk exactly. about this subject anymore because uh, it's yeah, it, me it's out, it's pissing me off. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what do you do? But I your... had to say something, dude. I had to say something because. Well, you're, you you're an activist, something. man. You're an activist artist, you know what I mean? And you put a message out there, and that's what street art is all about, man. And, uh, you know, well, I just right. didn't want anyone to think that I'm not going to say something about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like totally, man. Um, but, uh, you know, let me ask you, dude, what did you do over the weekend? Dude, I'm still kind of recovering from being sick uh, the weekend before. But um, actually, we got some good news. Um, I don't know if you remember me telling you the last, uh, <laughs> uh, last podcast, how I thought we had a, a house and I thought that the film was locked, but then they just still had something they wanted to do with the film and the house that we thought we had fell through. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. So it was a stressful week. Well, okay. um, the, uh, I think we got another house now and just a little while ago, um, actually about an hour ago, the wife told me that, um, they have indeed uh you know uh lock the film because the end of this week is the end well hey you know whatever um the end of this week is the end of the uh time period that they have to try to get the film into toronto we're trying to get into the toronto film festival and if it does then they'll let it premiere there hey hey that's awesome man hell yeah let me get my dude this thing has taken oh uh so long and um you know there's still a lot that has to be done <laughs> yay um you know th- there's still some cgi the the sound uh the mixing um yeah well, so that now I'm yeah, but now all that can happen now. now all that can happen i'm excited just about you know getting on the road with you again man doing in person uh you know um <laughs> in-person shows and stuff like that so you know i you know i'm excited that this is project is finally coming to completion but uh, hold on speaking of houses man um you know what i had i had a guy i was taking a nap okay over the weekend and then a fucking realtor came to my house rang my doorbell woke my ass up and asked me if i wanted to sell my house dude <laughs> okay oh bad timing poor guy huh understand like how upset that made me man <laughs> you woke me up because what exactly yeah. he, he was like you know i understand my area re- that's called yeah. a cold call that's called a just a, a cold actually. call you know, you know yeah, what i mean total oh and that was it's just hard like, it's rough no, I was like so upset, man, because I, I, you know, one thing about me, I'm always like a chill happy bike guy. But if you wake me up for some bullshit, man, like I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So you're was... ready to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, I see uh, our guests in the waiting room today. Today we have uh, once again coming back on the show. Uh, Miss True Love. Hmm. <laughs> Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. 
Hello, my dear friends. Yeah. Man, this whole thing, this whole screen's got a hell of a lot better looking um, and, and more fun to watch. <laughs> you mean because of my paintings? That, too, that yeah. and you. That and oh, you. Stop. Oh, stop. Oh, hell yeah. Well, How are whoever's you guys? watching this will understand what I mean. Those of you who are listening are going, okay, so she must be pretty or something. She's got some cool artwork, too. Okay. I had nothing to do with it, I promise. But, you got to watch it on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. I'm, I'm really stoked. It's been a few days since I spoke to you all last. Yeah, definitely. Right. When when was we, that? James, when, when uh, was, uh, what episode was that? Do you remember, James? I think it was first season. It's definitely for our first what? season. Yeah. No way. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure it was episode seven, if I remember correctly. Mm, wow. Okay. Don't, yeah, don't expect the old guy to remember up here. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. it's, to be honest with you, I feel like we're in a time warp. And time is just going going so quickly that it's just things that happened three years ago feel like it was yesterday, and it's just kind of confusing. Yep. It was definitely before COVID that we saw you. So let's yeah. let's start there. Um, what what was it like for you when COVID hit? Oh my gosh! I mean, the amount of transformation I've gone under over those last two years. I mean, I suppose anybody is going to to start off their stories like that. But I ended up moving back home to Kansas City. Um, oh shoot! I'm sorry. Somebody's popular. Oh, <laughs> I mean, only when I'm trying to do other things. Calls are like that. They find when you're doing something and then they go sit in a call in the middle. <laughs> um, part yeah, of uh, Kansas City. Yeah, okay, so. There's two Kansas cities, remember? First of all. Yeah, yeah Kansas City. Well, there's City, Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. But what part of Kansas City? Uh, in the Kansas Because I lived there for a little while. I tried to get into Hallmark and got denied. Did you? Yeah, well, they, I don't hold a grudge against it, though. I mean, fuck those guys, you know, <laughs> fucking, you know, a bunch of assholes anyway. Who wants to fucking work you know at what? Hallmark? It takes greatness to appreciate greatness, and they're just not great. <laughs> I like that. I like away. that. Thank you. <laughs> you just made me smile. Oh, no, good. What, so well, that's a good what area, what area of Kansas City are you in? Uh, I'm in an so area called Prairie Village, which sound, is about as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> We have a little um, house in the prairie village I'm i mean it really is like this my sister and i joke around it's called perfect village because everybody's got their picket fences and they're perfectly mm. uh, mowed lawns and everything and nice. you know i come in i come back from california with my hand tattoos and my whole you know thing and i <laughs> i think you can just see it in people's faces they're like i'm sorry i do not compute <laughs> It's funny. You're an import, aren't you? You're not from here, are you? You're, not you're from coming me, right? back from well, somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Um, but it but it's really interesting, like coming back after, you know, expanding into my true self, Angeles, and then bringing that person back to Kansas City and really having a different level of appreciation for it. I've actually discovered a new level of curiosity for this place that I've called home mm. my whole life. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because um now that I'm so dream oriented i'm like okay who who is in this city that's doing big projects and cool stuff i want to find them because <laughs> i'm i'm kind of starting from scratch in the social network which you know at the age of 37 you know it's it's not really the easiest thing you well you know? look great and you don't look like you're 37 first of all and uh, uh you know going back to 
Kansas City from LA. I mean, like I said, last time I when you were on the show, I was already like she has this rock star look already. You know what I mean? So when you're <laughs> going back to when you're going back to Kansas City, like I said, I, how how's the networking been? Because I feel like it probably you know you stand out for sure. In there's different types of networking when it comes to Kansas City, and when it comes to art, it's a completely different thing. So. I That's can understand true. That. Oh, well, it's interesting because so, so one of the projects that I had mentioned on our first interview was this dream concept for these outdoor sanctuaries and public parks. It was a part of my What Would Love Say concept, which is essentially uh, the elevator pitch is essentially um, a sanctuary outside of the institutions that have fucked humanity for years. Not saying that all <laughs> religious institutions are bad by any means. I grew up in church. It's taught me about service and it's taught me a, a lot. It's taught me how to be a good person in a lot of ways. But yeah, I really, way to look see, at it. you know, there's a there's there's a huge need for people who want a spiritual sanctuary, but don't necessarily want the dogma and, you know, the one, you know, one front door in and somebody can stand at that front door and not let you in because of whatever judgments they have. And I feel like there's a deep need for a space of sanctuary that is has no hierarchy that has no structured system but it, when you go in you feel what a sanctuary safe place. Has to give you a safe space yeah so i'm so excited i literally just designed it this morning wow. just this morning okay so i've been inspired like, her james how about that huh well <laughs> it's, it's crazy how it all worked out so you were asking me like how the networking in kansas city is going and my mom is really ingrained in the art scene here because she's an art teacher she's lived here for a long time she's on arts councils and stuff and oh, so shit. she's like Hey, I'm going to this uh, open house for this um, this woman who's doing this huge public art structure for this park. You should come and check out her her you know factory essentially. And she's a welder and she works with all these huge metals. And she was doing this giant sunflower sculpture that she's building that's going to be installed in July. Wow. And I was just so intrigued by working with these large structures and and metals and these big materials and creating something that's that's really like an environment rather than just a piece of artwork so okay this is so exciting i don't know how to describe i'm going to try to describe it so that people can imagine what it's like but it's kind of like if you walked into a diamond what would that be like so i want like these different faceted glass panels that have healing messages from different languages across all humanity because wow. no matter our sounds are sounds and symbols are different, but we all love and heal the same. So I feel like, and I believe that God works through the human. And so God works through the language that humans create. So I feel that we, we can create a sanctuary that uses the power of language. Um, and the, you know, that, that, that creates and create an actual sanctuary. And so it's going to be um, kind of like a, how do I describe that? An elongated egg shape kind of. And then it's going to have like mesh angel wings that wrap around the whole exterior. And then it's all going to be lit up with LEDs. Wow. So yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, my dream is to have it like maybe like feet tall. How many feet? Yeah. Like, like I'm thinking like maybe I'll do the first one in Burning Man and see how it is. Yeah, I was, I was saying, Ooh, I feel like nice. this is like a Burning Man kind of like uh, one of those, like, you know, I can imagine it in the Burning Man, like, you know, desert basically. Well, right? and that, so. that was actually where I got the inspiration from because so I, my first Burning Man trip that I went to, uh, I had a really 
like difficult emotional time. Like Burning Man is is fun. It's exhilarating. But it, for me, it was like 30 years of therapy in 10 days. When, when did you go? I mean, um, I don't think <laughs> uh, I went in time. 2017 and 2018. OK. okay and okay. The, in 2017, I went out for build because I didn't know anybody in my camp. So I was like, I knew that by building together builds camaraderie. And I was like, OK, so if I go and build, then by the time that Burning Man starts, I'll have friends. So I went out to build and um, by the end of the, like the very last day, the Saturday where they burn the man, it's the biggest night. I was so freaking exhausted. I just crashed. Like all the things I was bottling up and holding inside of me, trying to play it cool, just fell down. And I, I went to the temple, which is why the temple is there is because this environment gets really hard. And, but mm. when I went in there, the energy that's in there, I mean, it's fascinating, but it's like, you see all these little notes and things that people have like pinned or written on the on the wood inside the temple. And it's a lot of anger, a lot of death, a lot of resentment. Like, I hate you, mom, for killing yourself because now I'm left here on the earth without you. It's like, whoa, like gut-wrenching stories. And I'm like, whoa, I'm just like crying over my obsession with this guy that doesn't like me. Like, it's not even that serious. So I'm like lying down, like, crying over my hangnail listening to people talk about you know parents with cancer and you know divorces and children and all of these things that are so heavy and I was like who am I to be in here complaining about these small issues and what I really thought would be really powerful yeah excellent gorgeous the gorgeous um, photo of all that um but I felt that there was not really a, a space that was a sanctuary, but didn't have all that heaviness. And I feel like there's a, there's definitely a place for both. I think purging those lower energies and watching them burn at the end of the ceremony is part of what makes Burning Man amazing. But I was like, there's an opportunity for um, an energy that's specifically for a place for higher vi vibrational, just a place of peace and calm. So I wanted to create that. That's awesome. Well, teach, hold on real quick. I uh, showed you that picture earlier. So as you saw, like, there's all these different photos. Here, I'll bring it up again. There's all these different photos and notes that people leave. And then actually the whole temple um, is is burned at the end of the night. So all these people kind of, like, let go of. Do you see this okay, Teach? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah let no. go of the whatever they, they've, uh, you know, put in those notes, I guess, you know. So. Um, I thought it was a beautiful. You know, uh, oh, a good way. That, that's that's a good way for a lot of people to heal and and let things go. But I think, like you're saying, is good also. Uh, right, really, and it's a both hand um, type of situation. Have a somewhere to to build something, you know. Yes. So I so I'm really excited because I want it um, just really to be a freestanding sanctuary, and I want to. I would like to get make it with such a simplistic design that I, it can be afforded in smaller cities across across everywhere. Mm. so i'm i'm it'll be interesting because now actually some of the people that i've met here have Wait. basically walked me through exactly the process like what program do i need to use to design it what you know engineering firm do i need nice. to send this to get the specs and the budget and then i've met fab a fabrication company here in kansas city that's actually done work on sofi stadium and some huge projects around the united states and i've actually gotten in with them because of um the parade of hearts art walk and i'll tell you guys about that too um, which was basically an outdoor artwork that they sponsored. And through this heart parade, I met all the peoples that are going to actually make my dreams come true. So it's been, God's been at work. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you're doing so well. I, I just want to ask cool. you, do you know, do you know, um, 
have you heard of like Scott Signs? Uh, I mean, Scott. I don't see that address, but I'm Scott Closure. Uh, he basically does these like uh, uh, signs out in the desert, basically. And he did this exhibit at Burning Man, too. So, you know, he's been on the show as well, too. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. So, it, you know, he does these really cool um, like they're always positive street signs. Right. And, uh, you know, he, we brought him on. So if you ever want us to connect it with. Yeah, him, like, totally. You know, he's out there doing the Burning Man thing, too. So. Uh, so, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I always. I always oh, you guys with no kids and things holding you back and all this stuff you know no, no excuse for not getting out there and doing this you know That's well true. it's funny that you mentioned that so so one of the interesting uh shifts in my life uh is that I moved back in with my parents and my sister and her two boys live here so my two nephews and I sat with my sister we were trying to do an astrology program because we're really into astrology and we like to read the monthly astrology we were trying to get this done sorry guys I don't know how to turn that off um, we were trying to no worries. get done with this video where you go through the whole calendar and mark dates and stuff and constant interruptions, constant speaking of interruptions, constant interruptions, trying to like get this, this video done. And it was like every moment it was like, mom, I need this. Mom, can I do this? Mom, I need this. Oh, it's lunchtime. Oh, it's like, I'm like, how, how do any working mothers get anything done? How do like, or working fathers. I don't like, this is not gender specific. Like how does anybody <laughs> who's trying to work and have children, like, how is that possible? <laughs> Up front, I have a deeper level of compassion for, you know, the demands of that role, <laughs> you know, so I commend you, but I will not be following your path. <laughs> we have this, you know, that's I, a good I highly advise that you don't, especially now that there's fucking pandemics out there and everything, you know, cause when the pandemic was going on, you know, my kids are looking at me like, what the fuck, dude? Why did you bring us into this fucked up world? You know, why, what <laughs> yeah. made you think that kids were going to enjoy this type of shit? You know, it's like, I'm sitting there going, I, you don't like hanging out with mommy and daddy all day here at the house and having class <laughs> on mean, your computer and stuff? <laughs> at, least at least they have cool parents. Hey, you know, that's something. Yeah, they probably, up, well, I mean, up. do they admit that? Do they know that? He's like, I don't they know. Do. Okay, good. Like, they do. <laughs> like, they, they, they know some of their, their friends at school and they, they're, they're almost, they'll be 12 in, in August, you know? So they're the, the age of reason they're there and, 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 and understanding of, you know, uh, how different kids have to deal with different parents and stuff like that. So, you know, they're starting to get and understand how, uh, especially, um, we are much different than most parents. Yeah, I was gonna, well, I mean, the thing is that like at 12, it was around the point where I started getting interested in, in like skateboard culture and sort of figuring out that I was more interested into like street art and things that were not necessarily the things Raving. that were, you know, right? <laughs> that was a little <laughs> early, but I mean, if you sent me back again now, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think that that was about the time that I started appreciating, uh, I mean, I hate to use the term counterculture, but I'm in fr I'm from Prairie Village, so that's a suitable term for just about anything that's <laughs> <laughs> not picket fences and mowed lawns, you know. So speaking of parents <laughs> earlier, you know, your mom is an art teacher, so it's cool that it's like she's very supportive awesome. of uh, your, you know, your projects, basically. Right? Oh, she's beyond supportive. Do you want Do you want to see how amazingly supportive she is? And yeah. for the guys listening, you won't be able to see. She's making me skittles. Check this out. These are, oh, 
Ugh. They're big. Those are huge. Right? These are kind wow. of like I could never fit that in my mouth. Yeah, so she's she made these. But she's I want to try. Part of me wants to take a big bite of that damn thing. I know that's yeah. So so it's for um it's for my piece called Skittle Row. So it's basically like. <laughs> yes. <Love that. laughs> You're like oh good one, um but it, it's like a Skittle package and it says Skittle Row. Taste the pain though, and then it has all these Skittles kind of like tumbling out of it. <laughs> wow. So let me let me just think. You know, we always often talk about you know now that you've been to L been living in L A for a little bit and then you went back. Um, a lot of times, you know, people in L.A., there's so many talented people and there's so much going on. It's hard to get like noticed in, in a sense. Right. There's just it's such a big city. Do you find that going back to Kansas City that maybe, you know, there's less artists and less people with tattoos on their hands? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, maybe is it easier bigger to fish get, in yeah, a smaller like, pond? Do you I think to be honest with you, I think that what makes me a bigger fish is that I've, I have the courage to dream big now. Mm. And, and you've been and to that, California doing some amazing things in California. So that automatically will give you respect in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. And it, it's funny because I haven't really put myself out in the world where people here would see me. They're really, um, well, actually, that, that's not entirely true. Okay, so um, over this last year, I really kind of like hunkered down and did a whole lot of internal healing work. Like the first half of 2021 was really like being in the environment where I learned all of my insecurities and stuff. They were all like you know, blowing up in my face. And I was like, okay, well, clearly this is a perfect environment for me to actually look at this stuff and process it and figure out, you know, for example, my entire desire, and this is something that I've deconstructed, is of for going to LA to become, have this huge career was because I really had correlated performance, high performance with love from my dad. Didn't realize this. But what's happened is since I was able to make that connection and I was able to heal that story, the desire for fame and recognition has just gone out the window, which for a while totally stole the fuel from my engines. It was like, why do this if it's not for that? And so I've had to rebuild the story, the foundation of the why behind my work. So that's I think awesome. that that's part of the reason why I have the courage now to step out and do more of these public art projects that are more that are less about the name attached to them and more about the experience that you have when you're in the presence of it um comparatively to like let's say like an art gallery show like true love's art gallery show which is both good i have a show coming up in los angeles in july i'm not I'm not hating on gallery shows by any means but it but it is interesting well, it's a different whole different experience you know whole different experience yeah so it's interesting how like my my intrigue and anonymity has increased now that i've reframed the reason why i work in the first place oh my god it makes all the difference in the world you know it totally does if, if, if all you're worried about is like you're saying just trying to you know get out there and make a name for yourself and get rich and and famous and all this other shit you know anything less than that's going to be a letdown or and anything that is not you know part of getting you there is going to be a letdown and you're going to let that affect your your you know your whole um psyche in your, in your whole vibes and everything but once you just concentrate on being an artist and actually doing things instead of just thinking and worrying and stressing and everything you know it's just going to open up wide for you that way. get yeah. out there and doing things just get out there and fucking do something you know but and that and that That's I had, awesome. you know it's it's really exciting but it's it, and it's exactly what you said you know it's it's uh even my relationship to the city of los angeles has changed because of this reframe 
So like, and I, you know, it's just so wild. Like I've, you know, to me, I'm a California girl who was born in Kansas. You know, that's kind of how I feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) But now, but now it's like, it's like that whole story is now shifting too. So it's, it's an exciting yet really, really confusing point in my career. Um, But I think that you're totally right. The irony of this entire situation is that now that I don't want it, I feel it coming faster. Ain't that the way it goes? Um, Like absolutely. So so the last time, another one of the projects that I shared with you all last time I was uh, speaking with you was Sophisticats, my cartoon show. Mm -hmm. And um, it's being packaged at United Talent, UTA. I was like, what's the the acronym? UTA, getting ready to go to network. Um, So wish me luck. Wish me luck. Totally. Oh, dang. She pulled up Sophisticats. Yeah, so well, James is, is awesome with just you know, doing the, that. pulling things you know, up you here. So many and projects that we, you know, sometimes uh, we don't we don't keep track, but we'll give I you a follow right there. I lose track. Are you serious? <laughs> 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 well, it's interesting because so so one of the things that I've learned about myself through doing this this healing work and stuff is that I am um, according to this E3 assessment, E3 is just the name of the assessment, I am what's known as a quick start which means that I'm really good at starting projects and I always have to be starting something, starting something, otherwise I get bored. I've trained myself to finish these projects, but it was not like that in the beginning. But now I'm understanding this about myself as, as a design feature, not, some, not working against my need for multiple things at once. And anyway, I was making a point and then I went back into the ether. So I don't know, I'm just gonna what leave it, that one what, there. What is the quick start? No, like, what are the other personalities? You realize because a lot of people do that, um, and I, I've been known to actually do that a, a bit myself. Um, but then there's also a part of me, the military part of me, that makes sure that I always do finish and and you know whatever project I'm starting and everything, you know, I make sure there's some kind of of closure with it, or or you know, I've reached something that I at least wanted that I was aiming for. <clears throat> that's interesting, um, guys. So that's that is huge to be able to to recognize that and and actually um you know make use of that uh, awareness right people aren't able to make use of the awareness right well okay so this is the reason why i was telling you so what i've realized and and this is the first time i've ever done a full painted collection where it's a whole concept just paintings and it's interesting because i i realized that i work optimally if i'm continually being challenged and if i'm not being challenged then i kind of get bored and when i get bored finishing is just that much more difficult so, so it's really interesting. So when I first started this collection and let's hope my gallerist doesn't hear this. Uh, when I first, <laughs> when I first started this collection, it was like, how quickly can I get these done? Let's see how I can bang it out. Because no, I was like, way. right. I, Cause I was way. like, I'd always use speed as an, as an asset. I've always put myself on short deadlines and create this pressure that gets me to the goal. So I can have this experience of finishing under pressure and I'm growing out of that. And it's so weird. It's so weird because I'm like, oh no, wait a minute. This is just be here in the now moment and be present with this one painting and stop thinking about the whole collection or the delivery. Like take that whole story out and just be here with the paint. And so it's like, I'm feeling it's a different feeling. And I'm like, wow, mindful painting. That's what all of these YouTube spiritual gurus have been talking about. Got it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so easy to say, you know, but being able to communicate the idea to where someone actually understands it and is able to use the awareness can completely different thing. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, and, and like how it actually applies in practical application and daily life. Cause like sometimes when we talk about these sort of like being be here in the now, it's like, what does that actually mean really? You know, it's like, what does it actually mean? And so it's, it's interesting. Cause I've been trying to like, not trying, I have been paying more close attention. So as I've gone through this process of mindful painting, what I figured out is that I go in and out of focus about every three seconds fucking crazy I like I will be totally here totally present paying attention to every single last little detail and then about three to five seconds later I'm thinking about something and I'm not present mm. anymore I'm thinking about something and it's just and then and then I bring myself back and then I think about something and I was like I had convinced myself that I had a still mind and not until <laughs> good job no, and not until now that I'm like, I'm being so deliberate about how I'm, how I'm painting, how I'm realizing that I was actually just lying to myself. <laughs> That's good information. You know, nobody is better at lying to yourself than you. you That's know, the truth. Right? The truth. I actually, like, I heard this line in a song that was like, go ahead and doubt me because nobody could ever doubt me as much as me. And I was like, oh, that's on point. <laughs> Only you know how to doubt you the way that really gets on your nerves, you know? It's the truth. And, you know, and I think that I'm like finally figuring out that all of these doubts are like so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like they're kind of ridiculous. So, but, but, and they're ridiculous. And I can say that now on the other side of doing all this work, but essentially like one of the, one of the, a lot of the work that I've been needing to do is around my relationship with money. So I watched this documentary the other day that was talking about the illusion of money. And as inflation continues to uh, rise, how, we, the, the people who are holding on to money as an expression of their self-worth are going to really suffer through this. So how do we train ourselves to see and know ourselves as bigger than money? Our worth is bigger than money. And since I've started doing this, like my worth is bigger than money. Like a lot of my self-doubts have started to dissipate because I realized that I, I was externalizing a lot of what I was doing with the understanding that I would get money. And what if I didn't get money? But I'm just mm. buffing out that whole story and being like, just create because you need to create. Teach, you got it down. Yeah, you got it down. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I have it down. But you <laughs> know, even I still at times, it just, you know, it, it, it creeps up on me, you know, because I'm one of these people that um, I uh, struggle with depression a little bit. Mm. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not like a, a mid grade or a high grade, you know, these, <clears throat> you know, intense therapy or, or medications or stuff like that in order to function. But when it you only struggle with it a little bit, that shit fucking sneaks up on your ass, yeah. you know. And then sometimes it takes you a minute to be aware of what the fuck's going on, you know. So you know um, what I you know what I use. You know, that? I have I have little reminders on my you know all over me here and there to uh, you know as tattoos and stuff like that to help put me back in. And then you know, a lot of times all I gotta do is see one of my kids. You know, and then it's like, oh, dude, you're right back when you were 14 years old. And that's the mindset. You're looking at this shit right now. And that's why you're upset. Because you're <laughs> get to you because you're being so fucking selfish. Look at that kid right there, you know, and then whew, that helps a lot. Well, you know, and it, it's because like essentially, you know, healing, you know, once again, to talk about like what, what is healing in an actual practical application in daily life. All it is, is becoming more aware of our dark, like our, our non-beneficial patterns i don't even want to say negative because that's 
interesting interesting way of putting it yeah you know because like it's just becoming aware of the pattern and being like oh i don't like that maybe i'll do something different how do i do how do i be different you go learn something there's lots of information available and then you're like okay let me try that and then you make it a habit and then you move on as a better person like it's actually way more simple than people think it is but it's just the admitting that's the thing that's exactly what i'm saying when it's simple um sometimes that's what makes it really tough like breathing breathing has so much to do with how you deal with emotions a lot of times you know when people are getting emotional about something you'll find that they're not breathing hardly very much you know they're just little bitty breaths and they're like (laughs) you know but if you're able to be aware of that and then when you're breathing out you think of all the things that are bothering you and then you're breathing in the only thing you're thinking about things and then you just focus on that breathing pattern for a while it makes all the difference in the world but because it's such a simple thing breathing you know um most people don't do it well i mean the the, the amazing thing sometimes the hardest things are the simplest well and it's it's also the knowledge though like it like most people i don't want to say most people well i would say most people generally but especially in these places that are not necessarily as like, like I would, I would consider California sort of like an spiritually open type of place. There's like, at least the bubble that I interacted with was, (laughs) was, you know, really about breath and about breath work and about meditation and about yoga and about, you know, mushroom water instead of coffee and ayahuasca healing and all of this stuff. So it's, it's, for those of us who've been exposed to these type, this type of information, it's kind of like, oh, why can't I do this just easy thing? Most people don't even know that there's a, that you have control over the breath and it can change your emotional experience. Most people don't even know that's available, you know, which is, I mean, but just us talking about it, more people find out. So that's what we do. We, that's what I do, you know. But, and, (laughs) and then what I'm saying also is that once you make them aware of it, because it is such a simple thing, you know right and because yeah. part of their mind is thinking oh it can't be that simple you know if if there's something that's that's going to fix this for me it can't be just as simple as breathing and so then you know i talked to whoever i've mentioned this to you know and in like a month or whatever later i'm like have you done those breathing exercises oh i just i forgot i'm like mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. i understand i get it it's a simple thing sometimes you don't think it'll make much of a difference but that in transcendental meditation I, okay, so I have not so. had any official training on transcendental meditation. I don't understand how it differs from regular meditation. Can you sh- enlighten me on that? Well, as far as what I do um, and how I learned it is that you're basically just concentrating on a single two-syllable or three-syllable word that's called a mantra. And that's, that's what you're trying to do for uh, 20 minutes in the morning, and then at least six hours later in the afternoon or evening. And what I broke it down to in its most basic um, structure and and function is that what you're doing is you're focusing on that word. Then when you start thinking about things that are bothering you, there's no way you can just think of nothing. It's it's pretty impossible, especially for some people because the way their mind works. Right. But as soon as you realize, oh my God, I'm thinking about something over here, then you come back to thinking about the word you don't say it out loud you're just thinking it uh, okay and so, it's so like an island that if you get lost yeah, and, and basically you're there. just keeping yourself from getting stuck on something got you okay that's that makes simple sense. you're keeping yourself you're training yourself 
uh, over and over and over again. Oh shit. Okay. I'm not, I'm thinking about this, this one thing that I got to do later. You know, I got to get back to my mantra, the mantra word, the mantra word, the mantra word, the mantra word. And then pretty soon that's the only thing you're thinking of. And then what you want to try to do is just get to where you're just not even saying that word anymore. And then eventually another thought will come into your mind. And then you're like, Oh wait, I'm thinking about this now. Hold on. Let me go back to that mantra word. And so instead of just getting stuck on something, which is what makes you emotional, um, it allows you to just go, oh, you know what? I'm thinking about this right now. Let's go on to something else. That yeah. fucking simple. And it, that's what worked for me. Different people have different things that work for them. But luckily for me, I was able to be aware of that, that of how it worked like that and to continue doing it because it's not one of those things where like you do a, you know, meditation and you come up from the meditation, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm healed and I'm you know, ready to go now. You know, it's, it's a cumulative effect, right? You know, if you do it for twice a day and you stay consistent with it, um, it is so much easier to deal with all the shit that comes into your head to just not get stuck on shit, you know, and just to be right. more like um, a well-organized mind that functions how it should in order to be um, productive instead of getting stuck on little shit or big shit or whatever that keeps you from being productive and causes you to be negative. about it. Well, and it's, it's fascinating because like, <clears throat> I think what we're essentially learning is the fact that we actually have a lot more power over our minds and over our experiences than we initially were told. And so like, and like you said, like there's lots of different ways, ways to train the mind. Um, you know, there's, there's yeah, like work, different things work for different people. Right. And like, I'm taking the multifaceted approach. So I'm doing like hypnosis meditations, ayahuasca, microdosing actually. So I've, I've gotten, um, Can you tell us about your ayahuasca experience. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've heard about a couple of those. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. They're all different for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. mine was not really a visual experience. It was more, did you get it? <laughs> If you're I watching, yet. I'll be honest Teach with you, that fucker is just <laughs> little fly. fly just keeps yeah, going if you're around. watching, Teach was flailing his arms like Kermit the Frog right here, <laughs> and then uh, trying to smack a fly. But anyways, <laughs> um, please go ahead. Oh goodness, where, where did you I have it? it? Like, did you? Uh, oh, go so there was um, originally I was planning on doing like a fourteen or sorry twelve day trip in in Ecuador where they do three days of ayahuasca and then three days of San Pedro. And then one where you do both in a heat chamber, like San really, Pedro, really a different drug or something. I never heard of that. Uh, I'm so sorry. San I just got to break in for a second. Or... Fuck you for being able to go somewhere and do that for that long. And I'd have to like <laughs> deal with your kids or whatever. Okay. Back to you. Yeah. Kids, bro. <laughs> well, life, your I life's mean, over, dude. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it's funny because I definitely have, I have a deeper, um, deeper level of gratitude for my freedom now that I've been around somebody who doesn't thank have you for saying that that yeah. makes me feel a little bit better yeah well <laughs> you can live vicariously through me I kind of I kind of joke around that if you don't have kids you can be a kid forever <laughs> oh I'm uh, still a fucking kid even more so than <laughs> I'm, still kid. I'm just half kid. <laughs> it's like still um but I uh my friend invited me she put a ceremony together for her birthday and it was in Los Angeles in Topanga small group there was I think like 10 of us and it was a beautiful ceremony. These, the, the people who facilitated the, the whole thing um, were trained in the Amazon to learn all the Amazonian music and all of the stuff. And they were just the most beautiful performers. I didn't realize how important the music was going to be as a part of the experience 
Um, but as I was going through it, when they stopped, I started getting anxiety, but then they like, started singing and then I was fine. So I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> um, first day, didn't really have any epiphanies. It was really just feeling good and getting used to the experience, purged a lot, um, but no, not really anything to like, oh, actually there was one thing. Uh, I had a vision of my mom holding me when I was an infant, right after I came out of the womb and I could see the love in her face like the love that a new mother has for her, like their new kid. And I was like, they're experiencing it in real time. So that's a memory I get to like take away. When, from me when for, you say for, you uh, purged a lot, you mean you threw up a lot? Cool. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. It's really this... interesting. Cause like, there's this little cup you take like this. Thanks for uh, clarifying. That, I, 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 for the audience, not everybody knows, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, that's a, that's yeah. an important clarification. Cause people are like, Oh yeah. Is this like, is this like a party? You're going to go like do trip some drugs. I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is like, yeah, I, 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 I've said drugs earlier. It's not really a drug. It, it's, I, no, yeah, I would, it's, it's not, definitely plant medicine. Definitely. It's not, plant. I mean, was it euphoric though? I would call uh, it treatment. Well, okay. So, so this is interesting. This is going to be like, some people might think it's like TMI or whatever, but whatever. No, I no, believe I mean, being transparent. Um, yeah. So I have toenail fungus, as many people in the world do. And so I set my intention that I wanted to know how to heal that. And what ended up happening was I started like kind of just like squeezing my muscles like this, particularly in the back of my legs. And so I started realizing that all of the stored fat that I had in the back of my legs, and I've, I've lost like 15 pounds since then. So um, that's like fast forward the results of it. But I started realizing that all of my years of self-hatred, all of the energy of me hating myself was all stored in the back of my legs. It was all the, there as like toxic bags in my fat. And, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And I started realizing, you know, our, our healthcare system is really a sick care system. You go when you get sick, but there are the, the whole process, you know, time period leaning, leading up to being sick, there's toxicity accumulating in our bodies. And like, I'm a strong person. I have a strong heart. I don't get sick very often. There's not anything that would lead me to believe that I was on my way to getting sick. But ayahuasca told me that I'm putting the bricks together in that house of not having good health later. And it became um, much more important and much more urgent for me to deal with the situation. And so I understood my why from a health standpoint rather than an aesthetic standpoint. Because I was always like, I want to lose weight to look good but it, health was never a part of that equation. So then once I realized that it was actually part of my health, it was like, oh, this is, this is something I need to take seriously. So over a period of time, I started um, just really getting messages from my body on what it wanted to do in order to move forward on this path. So sometimes it was for a while, it was running more often. And then it was drinking this green smoothie for a while. And each thing fades in and fades out. I'm not doing everything all the time. Um, then in January I gave up sugar and that's when I really dropped the weight. It was like, it was like within three weeks, it was just like, whoosh. And I was like, oh my God, if, if I had known this sugar was so toxic to me, I would have given it up years ago, but I had well, no yeah, idea. Sugar is like, horrible. Yeah, I was having a cookie after dinner. It wasn't even like I was like binging on ice cream or drinking sodas, you know, Different like people respond differently, you know, cause like I didn't have anything obvious to cut out, but it was like small little bits. It's just like meditation, but the bad way where you eat too, like just yeah. a little bit every day accumulates negatively, just yeah. like a little bit of meditation accumulates positively, you know? So yeah. once I did that, I was just like, wow, okay, well, here we are. And it's interesting because now that I'm feeling more confident in my body, I'm actually wanting to include my body in my next collection. So I want to include dance and, oh. uh, 
yeah so so that that's like a whole other thing i got stewing in the mind so you know, that's really she's you know what? she's uh, like a triple threat man she knows how to <laughs> sing she knows how to dance you, you know what I mean? she knows how to make art man so it's well just... it's interesting because i was thinking about like the idea of starting an, a music career sounds horrifying and it oh, sounds don't do like, it it's really yeah, fucking no, it sounds, horrible, sounds horrible. but i was like okay so how am i going to do music without trying to do music and i was like oh same thing with True Basics, my, my makeup art book. When I was leaving makeup and going into art, I created a fusion project. So I was like, okay, let's just incorporate music as a part of one of my art collections and just have an album as a part of that collection. And either I can make more later or not. But this yeah. is a closed capsule of music that I created that goes with this to like dip my toe into it and uh, see if it resonates, which I'm sure it will. And then see if I, you know, where I want to go from there. So how I'd like to, how I'd like to frame this. So the, the collection that's brewing in my mind is called Silhouette. So it's going to be a collection of sculptures made of broken records that are made in such a way that you shine a spotlight on them. And it's the shadow of the sculpture that's the actual piece of the artwork. So, but each one is going to be um, on some feeling that we experience, a part of the shadow self. And so it'll be a, a song of like at some moments in my life where I was experiencing that particular aspect of my shadow self. And so the whole collection will start from these lower emotions, rage, jealousy, fear, you know, abandonment, all of these things. And then it'll go through the collection. And as it goes through the exhibit, the sculptures will become less fragmented and the, the silhouettes will have smoother lines. The music will be more peaceful. And then ultimately you'll get to like a symphonic grand finale of total harmonics within self can i i you just made me think of this one um I, have you heard of this uh let me see here it was at the paris art museum when i checked it out but there's this guy named uh yours Fick, fisher basically he had these like wax sculptures in the middle of uh here let me just bring it up wax sculptures in the middle of this huge um dome thing and it was hot in that <coughs> room so as the exhibit goes on they start to melt basically no and, way uh, the, so so by the end of the sculpture it's like this it's like this melting oh thing. my god you know what i mean so uh it, it was a super <laughs> cool exhibit that i you know saw you know what and 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 speaking of your uh using your body um actually before you got on james and i were discussing the uh the recent Supreme Court um, papers that have, have been leaked, and I was just expressing how we stopped talking about it because we're two men. <laughs> we're like, you know what? And, and so, you know, I was just thinking, you know what? Maybe we should have you say a few things about yeah. that. Uh, and and uh, well, I I cannot. So at this point, what I what I what I recognize, and people can agree with me or not agree with me, I think that. <laughs> powers that be are intentionally using these trigger point topics to keep us in anger and fear and in division so that we don't organize. So um, to me, I'm like, okay, keep pulling your strings puppets. Like I see what you're doing. Like I don't because inevitably like I don't like these systems are going to fall because they're not sustainable. They're pulling out their ace out of their cards to try to like get everybody up in arms and sure they are. But I mean, the thing is, how do I feel about it? I think that it'll only take until one of those guys that voted for this knocks up one of their mistresses and can't go find the services that, it, that they need. And I'll be like, now you understand, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> a man can, in my opinion, can never truly understand. Like for me, it's, it's, it's about the health situation. 
you know, like, like certain women say they've had a miscarriage or something like that. And they should go ahead and, and get rid of the, you know, what's inside them because it's dead and it can be uh, well, toxic I mean, and can kill them. I don't know if a miscarriage really fits into the category of abortion though, because it's already dead that via nature. Yeah, but um, you'd be surprised at how strict some of the laws are getting. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me a lot of hand, Handmaid's Tale, you know? You know it's just you interesting because that? I think the views of uh, um, a lot of people in different, especially maybe in a place like Kansas City, will like widely differ from when you lived in LA, basically the people like surrounding oh, yeah. you about their opinions because of, you know, maybe they're more religious or whatever too. So like I said, I, I, always, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, take a look at the world, try to understand people a little bit better. There's people, all different types of people everywhere you know what i mean sometimes it's very hard for us to understand like oh how can they what is this? do you have any idea what the the um i mean what's the the feeling of it in in, in kansas city around that area is it like a, a pro I mean, choice people, or pro uh, uh it goes it goes both life. ways everywhere i mean kansas city as a city is actually pretty liberal but the the rural towns are much more conservative um the thing is that and this is something that I hope that people recognize that, that abortion will never go away, whether it's legal or not. It's, it will happen whether it's legal or not. It will either happen safely if it's legal or it will happen not safely if it's illegal. Mm -hmm. So yep. the thing is that like whether the law goes yes or no, it's not going to stop abortions. So if to make abortions illegal is an attempt to stop abortions, it's just a simple level of clarity to say those actual outcomes are not related. The law has nothing to do with the amount of abortions that are going to happen. Well, so, and I'll be once again, yeah. very transparent because the thing is that I believe that no shame can hide in darkness. I've had an abortion. I had to get one and I got one in California and it was, I'm grateful that it was a non-emotionally invasive process. I'm so grateful for that. And what I learned, this is that what I learned how many women were going through that clinic in that day? I could not believe it. Could not believe it. Because we have been told, because we don't speak about abortion very openly, unless we're speaking about it in this political context, we don't actually have an idea about how many abortions are actually being done. Do you know that over 11 million abortions are done every year? 11 million abortions are oh, done every year. And I think that that's just the I don't know thing. what I thought it would have been, but I mean. Not that. Wow. Not that. No. Oh, right. Wow. So we're talking about magnitudes of humans that are like not on this earth because people chose to be responsible with their bodies. And frankly speaking, if we're going to talk about a bigger picture of things, we need to look about if like if all of those 11 million girls who had women who had abortions this year had illegitimate children that are now in a system that doesn't want to support poor people. Oh. Yeah. So let's think about it in that context, yep. the, 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 you know, and that's why when we look at these issue specific things, you know, immigration is another one of those things where we look at, you know, we're angry about somebody crossing the line, but we're not actually seeing the opportunities of what we could do with this situation. And we're not seeing the negative aspects of not taking up the like patient system as I'm being really vague. I believe that there should be opportunities for work in our infrastructure that we deeply need done for anybody who wants to come here and work. If you want to work, you should have a job available. You should be, it's legally in the system. The immigrants that I know who are illegal are harder working and more conservative yeah. in their mindsets and like better people in a lot of ways than a lot of people that I know who have freaking yep. social security numbers. So 
you know, I, I, you know, there, there's a way to use the shifts that we're experiencing in our culture to our advantage, but we can't do that if we're only looking at like the, the pigeonhole, you know, issue specific. Um, it's like you said, they're using these issues just to make people angry and divided so they can't even figure all this shit out anyway. Right. But you know what? Enough of that. Well, let's talk about what's next for you. You said you got a show coming up here in LA. Tell yeah. Let's uh, um, exact dates and where and everything. Let's talk about that. Um, so I'll have a couple of events coming up. Um, I will have a book signing for my True Basics, which will be happening. We don't have a date yet because we don't have a date for the show. We think it's going to be July 16th in either downtown LA or West Hollywood, depending on how much work I can get done between now and then. Um, but it will be, um, it's called Luxury Adjacent, which, What's Enough? And it's all a very dad humor, tongue in cheek, pun take on what is the darker side of having, you know, living in the first world realms. So, you know, so this piece that I'm painting behind here, I'm like, I don't know if it's not done yet, but my gallery says don't, don't show any finished work. So this piece is going to be a shoe that was, it's all covered in gems and diamonds. I'm going to cover it in Swarovski crystals. And so it's a, it's called Jimmy Choo. So Jimmy Choo, C-H-O-O is a designer, but this one's going to be called, okay. And so this one's going to be called Jimmy Choo, C-H-E-W, feet or famine. So this shoe is worth $4,600. And it says, so the tagline is, Grapes are green, sometimes red. How many mouths has this shoe fed? Ooh, very so nice. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of just these, you know, thinking about, um, like this one's bullets for billionaires. It's all done and it's all done in crystal. And it's a, this is one of those little snuff bullets where you get a little dose. So it's called bullets for billionaires, a dose for those with the most. Because, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like playing on the sentiments that so many people want to shoot rich people. And they're like, all we want to do is, hang out you know and enjoy the fruits of our labor you know so that's enjoy a different kind of bullet exactly exactly for those (laughs) yeah so but it's kind of like a play on that you know and it's interesting watching also like how our celebrity culture is sort of like eating itself alive you know that's the way that russell brand puts it and i thought that that was really astute real quick i want to ask since we're talking about celebrities real quick i i always do this what do you think about the will smith slap (laughs) i gotta ask everybody about Um, this (laughs) I think it's a distraction from Ukraine. You yeah, know? you think, I, you think I, that I, he they planned it or I'm, I'm just like. Uh, well, it's difficult to tell. I think that the way the media played it up is a distraction, but I, I don't underestimate yes, I the, the that. likelihood that he was yeah, really upset in that moment and felt that he needed to protect his wife. But ultimately it's like, we have a really, if most people have a really strong need to protect themselves in certain situations if they're not solid within themselves. Yes. So I think that it's, Very it says well a lot. Said. Yeah. Very so it, well it, said. It, it says a lot about. I mean, uh, the, the new, there's the new Kendrick Lamar music video, and then he does this face swap thing while he's rapping. And he ra- his face swaps into OJ Simpson, it sw- swaps into uh, Will Smith. And then um, when it swaps into Will Smith, um, he says hurt people hurt people basically you know what i mean so if you haven't seen the new kendrick lamar um yeah i will totally check that out live here uh, i mean uh it's an amazing little piece of uh um you know art so uh, go check it out guys um, i will i will um i've uh it's interesting so so getting into like like music and like hip-hop and what i've been listening to it's really funny like since i got since I moved back to Kansas City, my interest my interest in music has changed a lot. I've started listening to what is 
um, what do I call a hiccup? <laughs> Instead of I laugh at it myself. I laugh at it myself. It's country <laughs> rap. It's like a mix between like rap and country and hip hop, and it's like all mashed up. And like I, when I first started listening to it, I was like, uh, I like I couldn't. Oh wow, crazy. Yeah. So watch the face. We're watching the Kendrick. Up. Lamar yeah. video where his face which is okay so real quick i'm just gonna drop that thought and pay attention to this oh, so okay, okay. No, go, what go we were just looking at is like the scariest thing ever because if you think about how fakes can be made with this technology oh, it's yeah, unbelievable yes absolutely that shit scares that the just, fuck out that of me just but, freaks me the fuck out. you know it also kind of um uh i don't know could be um, a way out for for people at some time when they're saying, "Oh, you know what? That's not me. That's a deep fake." Right. Well, it could go both ways. Both, you know, it could go both ways. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, that's how technology is, though. But it's really interesting because I think that we're kind of at this really interesting place where there's going to be a por portion of the population that are going to want to integrate technology into our physical bodies with the, uh, in my personal opinion, misperception that it's going to enhance our systems. And then there's going right. to be people who realize that the spirit that powers our hearts and keeps us living, breathing, and eating is actually the most advanced technology that ever will, will exist because it is that of all creation. So I think that we're like heading into these like two really interesting paths. And I don't really know how that's going to pan out necessarily, but it's interesting to see how tech is being used <laughs> now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wild and fast ride that I can hardly keep up on. Like, like the NFT world right. was like, <laughs> like and it was now so it, fast. It's, now it's like uh, the NFT market like has tanked. Basically, like I, I mean, um, that's what I see in the news at least. You, you know what I mean? And well, I, I, but I'm just wondering, like, what's your experience working on that? Because um, like I said, it's just like goes up and down. Like crypto's in the fucking toilet right now. You know what I mean? So. Well, uh, I mean, I th the thing is that most a lot of people who are investing in both NFTs and in crypto are emotional buyers, and um, a lot of people don't understand that um, that that's really the way that most people make any purchases is through emotional decision making, and that's just not really practical. Uh, when you're talking about large sums of money in markets that are much more complicated. And I think that most people are just, they don't have the level of understanding that, that would allow them to make safe bets. Um, <clears throat> in terms of NFTs, I was told, I got sort of in the loop at the beginning on Clubhouse when everybody was talking about NFTs, right? When they, when they hit the scene and it was moving so fast, I was like, oh my gosh, do I like try to jump on this train and get something in here or... Yeah, uh, you know, should I take my time? And what, the best piece of advice that I got was measure twice, cut once. If you're going to put something on the block blockchain that's going to last forever, you might as well make it something that you wouldn't mind being remembered for. And so I was like, okay, so so really, what I'm planning on doing is mm, that's an interesting way to think about it, right? I, I would think like you, you people want to be remembered for something that's on the blockchain forever, but I see what you mean. Like, well, and like, it's got to be something that, that, you know, for, for me now, like, like I respect the brand that I've built enough to understand that, that I would personally like all things that I put out to be of caliber that I love I that, I, you yeah. know, to be honest, it's like so many people approach us about NFTs and talking about NFTs and then things I was just like, well, I'm just gonna like, I, I don't want I, I always it was like, I don't want it to be like a money grab of any sense I want if we put something out to be valuable, that it'll increase in value. Um, 
if we do put something out, you know, that we believe in, you know, so yeah. it's, you know, you know, when I see headlines like this, I, I just want to know, like, uh, you know, NFT sales plummet 92% as market collapses, basically, this is five days ago, you know what I mean? Something like that. When I see headlines like this, I just want to know that people who have actually done them, like their experience with it and everything like that. But like I said, I, I love what you're saying, like everything you put out, like you really believe in. So it's just like, it's just part of the whole collection in a sense. Right. Yeah. And so, so I would actually like to integrate the experience of NFTs into my next collection where, you know, I was telling you about those like sculptures and they'll have the shadow on the wall. Mm -hmm. I would like it so that you like hold your phone over the shadow and it animates. You guys have seen that probably. And then, or do like something where the animation is the NFT. That's like a silhouette of dance meets a shadow artwork or something like that. So it's like, that's the NFT that goes with the sculpture that goes with this whole thing. And I haven't really like mapped out the the landscape of it, but I, I don't think that we've seen the NFT, the end of NFTs. Yeah, I there's a so there's a really amazing interview that I watched by Tom Bilyeu. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he talks about the basics of Web3 and NFTs and how they're going to be used and how by purchasing NFTs, you'll start to accumulate um, NFTs that will sort of create a an entertainment profile of what you like. And companies will then be able to respond to what's in your wallet and create custom experiences just for whatever you in particular like based off of what's in your wallet. And so I feel like there's, it's really going to diversify the types of experiences that are available and sort of customize entertainment and art moving forward. Um, but I think that it's the market's really kind of settling and we're still seeing, um, you know, it's in early stages yet. And I don't think that we've really seen the, the more stable um, expression of them just yet. Totally, totally. I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I haven't done any NFTs yet. Um, just because, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, just want to kind of see what happens with them for a little while. And, and if I'm going to do one, you know, I don't, I want whoever invests in it to benefit from it and not lose from it. So, um, I'm, uh, I'll probably do it at some point. It's just, I'm not ready yet. Well, oh, the thing man. is that like, the, the advantage that you have is that you already have an established name and you already have established buyers. And so you probably have some end, like digital art fans already in your fan base. So they're going to buy it because they love your work, not because it's an NFT. And that's where, you know, there's, there's more value in it because it's created by somebody who's a genuine artist who cares about his work, not somebody who's just creating right. expensive I, JPEGs as some people call them. <laughs> I do like the idea that, um, you know, you're, you're creating a portfolio that is safe from physical destruction, mm -hmm. you know, because you never know when you might get in a, in a, in a bad ha house fire or what the hell may happen, you know what I mean? And to have a, uh, you know, a digital profile that you can say, okay, all my, my art collection was, you know, physical art collection was destroyed. At least I can print something out from this and I still have a, an art collection. Right. We're, we're making art collections for the tiny house people who don't have room for physical art, but they do have room for a TV. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, because there, there is something to be said for, you know, being able to move anywhere and all you have to do is buy a television and your entire art collection is there available to you to hang on your wall and rotate through. You know, it's definitely there's advantages to both. I think it's just a different market, different clients. That's it. There's yeah. some overlap in the middle, but I think essentially they're just diff different people. I mean, I use this yep. thing called Absolutely. in my house called Mural. Actually, I've had it for years. It's like a digital picture. Yeah, frame. I know what you're talking about. You, you know, yeah. you oh right, yeah, 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 you yeah, know? yeah. And I'm just saying, like this. I don't own the pictures. I don't own the rights to any of those pictures. Right, I pay an annual subscription for 
all the art basically that I like, and it, it, it like shifts through this one frame, like right. You're, ahead, you're ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, apparently that's what I'm saying. This I was, was like, there a couple oh. of years ago. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, exactly. Had this right? thing for a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and I'm, for me, it's just like it's a digital picture frame, and it's like I don't. I don't know. I've been told that, uh, like I said, the way I view art is more an, of an educational way because, you know, on the mural thing, you scroll up and it tells you about the artist. To me, that that's that's what I'm oh, looking cool. for. You, you know what I mean? But, yeah. I, you know, a lot of art collectors, they are collecting it for the money, I guess. Right. And the value going up. I mean, that's not why I collect things. I collect things because I like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because it kind of like ties us back to like, is money our motivating factor or is it actually yeah. like your desire of X, Y, Z? You know, you know, you know, what's, you know they, say, they always say is like, once you make up to a certain salary, like your happiness doesn't increase, you know? Yeah, it's and like $70,000. Like, it's not even that much money. It's like yeah. after 70K, it's like, you're not really living that much better of a life. Definitely fact, depends I've, on where you live too. So 70K like in LA is not going to go very, <laughs> very far, right? That's true. I mean, yeah. I listen, I was making less than 70 k for a while and i was comfortable in la because i made it work so mm. when there's a will there's a way and if i can for do it sure. under 70k then so be it but for lord sure. knows i'm still waiting for my milli it's always awesome to hang out with you true because it's, you like, too. It's, uh, it's just like you know and plus i thought we we're gonna get in the studio and i know maybe you didn't want to like you know do maybe like you don't want to take on the uh, the the pressures and the stresses of a music career, like. But the point is, like, maybe you want to do a feature or something. So, like, oh no, 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 feature is where where we're gonna start. And yes, <laughs> super, super, super interested. I think I've just been getting my head on straight. And, and uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm still so down because I was like, oh, I should have told him that I want to do that so we could talk about it. No, but gonna, all we, in look, time, my friends. The I, universe I'm all, shall call I'm it in. Always down. Yeah, I'm always down. You, you know, send me a few tracks that you've been listening to, and then like, uh, like I said, we'll make something. If you have a mic, you, you know what I mean. And then I've uh, got, a, I've got a professional mic. I've got all this hmm. stuff, and I'm teaching right. myself piano so that I can actually like structure out some shit, and you can kind of awesome. get like a, I can get a feel awesome. for stuff. So yeah, yeah I'll send, send me, you some goodies. Send me, send me some things that you're enjoying so I can just kind of like you know just see, see you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna send you i'm gonna send you a banging hook and then do whatever you want with yeah, it yeah 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 dude we, we you know like you're from i, I was telling teachers I was like, you're from you're from the electronic dance music scene too you, you know what i mean you, you know what's, what's up right so I, like i said i always enjoy people that uh, are a little bit of both both of our worlds you know well and you know what's funny too is a good hook on a, a good edm track is like four words <laughs> Like, like it's like oh, four actually, words. let me tell you something i i'm i wrote a hook recently and it's called drop that pill drop that bass basically drop that pill drop that bass and it just four words there we go exactly there you go you know what i mean so uh but anyways it's, it's Guys, so awesome to hang out with you and like i said next time we'll, we'll talk online and you know and we'll make some music and the next time you come on we'll we'll make we'll debut that track or something like yeah that, that, right? that sounds perfect so until next time my friends it has been an honor <laughs> and i'll keep you guys updated about the show in july yeah send us the yes. information and we'll post it up um and then uh we'll let everybody know so wonderful thank you so much for joining us today and uh yeah. drop your social one more time for the audience um social is true t-r-e-w double underscore love on ig you can find my website at t-r-e-w dot l-o-v-e no dot com just true dot love hell yeah and uh thank you very much for hanging out with us uh leave us a review on itunes and follow us at pttp show love you guys take care and peace that's the best ciao
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.